And welcome to the Confound Millennial, starring Stephen Sturvin Michaels. And, well, Ryan Diamonds isn't here today. Uh, that's because he sucks. I'm kidding. He's at work. Love you, Ryan. But, uh, anyways, featuring special guest, singer, songwriter, YouTube personality, MMA fighter. That one might not be true, but certified badass. Lauren Babick. Hey, Lauren, what's up? Oh, there I am. Hello. Thank you for having me on the show. Thanks I love for coming this back. It's, it's been a minute. It's been like two, three years since I uh, last had you on. And let me tell you, that was rough on my end. Thank you for uh, coming on at the time. Yeah, that, it's been a hot minute. But it's like, it's like I'm actually able to watch the show in real time, which is super cool. So um, Thank you. I really... We've upgraded. We've upgraded a lot, man. Uh, you know, when I first had you on, I knew so little about technology. Uh, that's really was the premise of the beginning of the show was just I wanted a podcast and I shouldn't have had a podcast. So I did it. But um, we literally had a cell phone up to a microphone with you on it. <laughs> you know what? Whatever works. I, I always say like, we we want to do what we want to do, and then we learn as we go. So, I, I yeah, feel that. like I'm far from arriving to where I want to be, but like I'm amazed like daily at the uh, progress that I make throughout this. Absolutely, as you should be. I mean, I think that that's a good way to like enjoy the journey for sure. As long as, like, the way I look at things, as long as you're getting a little better at what you want to do every day, you're making progress and you're living a good life. Absolutely. I feel the same way. So, um, let's see here. There's a lot to cover because you do a lot of things. There's a lot of things. How it's do very you even, difficult. <laughs> how do you even balance, like, uh, your the front person of two bands you pump out uh covers all the time and you're constantly on social media promoting yourself how do you balance it all um i think it's partially um like because it's what i love doing so you know the cliche like if if you do something you love it's like not a job so it's um it's something i enjoy but the balance part i think what i've learned is i just have to do what i feel like doing in that moment otherwise it does feel like it can feel like a chore or i i might get burnt out so i kind of decide like on the daily like okay what do i want to do right now i'm going to do that because i want to do that and i feel passionate about that right now so i'm gonna do that so i never try and force anything out of myself um or at least try not to because i've i've learned that that's a a very good way of of burning out so i just kind of take every day um in stride and do what i want on the daily yeah you gotta avoid burnout that's actually been a really big thing me and my friend groups have been talking about um because we're all just going ham at all the stuff we're up to but like the moment you burn out like the thing you love it could take you two months to get back to it oh it's so true it and that's why i take touring very seriously because um that's the one sort of area in the music industry that like i will never overdo it because i know um just like the mental toll it can take the physical toll it can take so 
it's it's so important to just keep yourself in check about burnout because it can take you out for like six months honestly exactly and uh you know i a couple months ago i uh hit burnout and i got physically sick mm -hmm. i uh lost my voice couldn't podcast for a little bit it was awful yeah it's it's serious especially when it manifests physically and that's exactly what happened to me um on this past tour in august um because I got COVID at the very beginning and then I had to do the whole whole tour while recovering from COVID. And as a singer, that's a nightmare. And when I got home, it's almost like my body just gave up and it got even more sick when I got home. So it pretty much took me out for two and a half months. Um, so I feel that. I feel that so hard. <laughs> Well, uh, I was going to ask, like, because uh, I hear people talk about all the good stuff about tour, and you were talking about avoiding burnout on it. I was going to ask, like, what's the roughest part of tour? But obviously, you just answered it, getting sick and pushing through it. Yeah. Generally, as a singer, it's already more difficult than any other role on tour. Because, you know, you your instrument is part of your body. So if you're not healthy and you're forcing yourself to sing every night, it is it can be detrimental. Like I I remember the very last show in Phoenix, Arizona. It was in August, like August 13th or something. And it was a sold out 500 person show and it was Hallocene's hometown show. And I woke up that morning with a massive throat infection like I looked in my throat and I was like really for the last show like you couldn't just hold out and like as the show went on I could feel my throat swelling and swelling and swelling and then I went for the low note I think the low scream and um toxicity because we played toxicity and nothing came out absolutely nothing so I turned around and I was like Addie it's over like the screams are gone and she's like, it's fine. I get it. So you really like touring for, for a singer. You're just constantly in survival mode. And it, it doesn't feel good <laughs> a lot of the time because you're just constantly checking like, okay, how do I feel? How's my voice? Am I hydrated? It's very stressful because you want to put on a good show for everyone that, that comes out. So it there's a lot of pressure that you put on yourself and it can be very taxing. I for you know we were talking about this and I forgot for a second like that you scream and stuff and that's got to be even harder with a uh, wrecked vocal cords and voice and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting how my voice works because depending on how I'm feeling on any given day, certain like elements of my voice will be better than others. So. Um, if I'm a little more tired than usual, my low screams will be very good because my larynx is is like sunk in a little bit. So I'll hit these like brutal lows, but then my high screams won't be as good. And then on other days, like my high singing will be really good. My belts will be very open, but then my screams won't be very good. So it's this really awkward ebb and flow every day of like, okay, how do I feel? all right, this is working really well. So we're just going to roll with that. <laughs> like touring is, is um, very, very much an ebb and flow for sure. Have you ever had to cancel a show due to voice issues? Um, once or no, a couple times due to specifically voice issues, but on this past tour in August, we had to cancel four shows because we all had COVID. So that, mm. that was a, uh, a cancellation for a different reason but i've only ever in my life canceled two shows because of specifically vocal issues and that was um just before covid hit um in 2020 um red-handed denial went on a west coast tour we played like eight shows and then we got home and we immediately started tracking our album 
So I didn't allow myself that grace period for my vocal cords to heal and sort of decompress. And in the studio, I just, it just completely didn't happen. Like nothing was coming out, which was the first time I'd experienced that. So um, we thought that we could go jump into an album for two weeks and then go play two shows a week later. And I was like, guys, this is not good. Like I, I something's got to give here. So um, it was like a Toronto show and a Montreal show that that we canceled in 2020. But thankfully, they they weren't like high stakes shows. So it wasn't too bad. It felt bad, though. I mean, you kind of feel like you're letting everyone down, but you got to be kind to yourself. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's uh, really, you know, when we first talked, I lived in uh, Georgia. And so I got to see shows in Atlanta and stuff all the time. Uh, since then, I've moved up to Kentucky. Okay. Nobody ever comes through here. I got to see Capstan one time. And then... Uh, I was supposed to go to Louder Than Life Festival two years in a row. Uh, I had buddies from the podcast that were going to get me uh, guest passes. Okay. And uh, the first year, uh, my friend's dad got COVID, so he had to cancel because it was pretty bad. And then this year... um, Matt Mingus of Dance Gavin Dance was going to get me in and because we've been friends for a while and we hadn't actually met. And uh, uh, John Mess's voice went out. And so I had to skip it again. I guess I'm just not destined to go to any concerts uh, now that I'm in Kentucky. It must. I mean, Kentucky's like the middle of the country, right? Yeah, it's uh, middle of the country, east side. Okay, I think there's probably a reason because like the the middle of the country is very difficult to route to. Um, I know that as as the resident Canadian on your podcast, um, yes. my U.S. geography is not that great. But um, I know that when tours route, the middle of the country is like a dead zone because it's long drives for little little payoff, I guess. So yeah, it makes sense. Um, it makes sense that festivals are nearby, but not tours. So that yeah, I, I I get that. Um, when I went and saw Capstan, it was in Cincinnati, Ohio, which is about an hour and a half away. But uh, there still is not much there either. Yeah, it's usually Columbus. Mm-hmm. Usually which Columbus is a little is bit place. farther from me. Yeah, I literally am in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Well, at least it's not like Nebraska or something. Speaking of, uh, you mentioned being the resident uh, Canadian. How friggin' cold is it up there? Because I'm freezing right now in Kentucky. It's actually quite beautiful. I I don't know the the conversion, but right now, I think it's like in Celsius, like thirteen or something. Oh, it's eight degrees. That is significantly colder than I thought. Let's check Fahrenheit. It is 46 degrees. Okay. It which is, is not that bad. Somehow warmer there than it was here this morning. I'm telling you, it's it's deceiving. People like think Canada and then they think like, oh, it must be minus 50 up there. But we we get up to the hundreds up here. We had a really nice summer. Like it was it was beautiful. We had like it was like consistently like 90 degrees, 85, 90. Um, but it, it gets pretty wild in the winter. It's the it's the extra like extreme polar opposites that we get. We get all of it. Nice. Uh, you know, it's just this feels like we get summer and winter here. Uh back in Georgia, we had all the seasons, but uh of of me babbling about the weather like real <laughs> small talk here how's the weather <laughs> <laughs> how's that weather up in canada but um so 
You just recently got off tour with Hallocene, right? Yes, just that a was. Months ago. Yeah, I I got home around August sixteenth, so like mid August. Okay. Yeah. So, um, how is like how is that like how is working with Hallocene like how'd you even get into that? So it's it's a funny story, like you know, because I have so many facets to my my music endeavors, but like pretty much when Addie was pregnant with their son, like three years ago, three and a half years ago or something, I like found a video of theirs and I was like, oh, they're really cool. And I commented and I was like, yo, like we should do something together. And then Addie replied, oh, let's talk about that when I'm not pregnant anymore. And I was like, all right. And then some time went by and then they finally reached out um, after I did Happy Song with First to Eleven um and then they were like let's do like a double cover chop suey and i believe it was i'm so sick by flyleaf um they were like yeah this is super overdue so we kind of just started with um those two and it was right around the pandemic hit um and because everyone was home it just exploded so we just kept working together and we've become really good friends and eventually they were like you know what we should we should try and bring our our little posse to the live stage and i was like hell yeah i'm in but you know i've toured i've only toured in my with my band like i don't i don't have a, a band to back my stuff so then they were like well Hallocene can just be the backing band to both you and Violet and we can make a super group and I was like that's sick I, I, I'm so in because no one's doing that so it was basically a two-hour show with all of us on stage and it was the coolest thing and the most unique thing that I've ever been a part of um, cause it, it kind of felt like a, like a rap show almost. Cause we would like trade off on vocals. We would, we would, some of us would take the lead on one song and then we would step back and then another person. So we had vocal breaks during it. Like we could just jam out for some songs and it, it was like the perfect set to just have fun and, um, we could lean on each other vocally. So it was the coolest thing ever, much lower stress than what I'm used to. Um, so it kind of just evolved and then here we are like three years later post pandemic and we've become really good friends i'm actually going to hang out with them this weekend in nashville i'm gonna hang out so yeah it's kind of just evolved into this wonderful friendship and and they're amazing and i've met so many people through them and we've made so many connections through each other that's really awesome. And uh, like, I love when people talk about having shows that they can just enjoy, you know, being a part of. Yeah. Um, but so you just uh, got off tour with them. Uh, now, I didn't uh, study on this next question, but any plans of a uh, red handed denial tour anytime soon or. Yeah, so we're doing a three-show run in a couple weeks up here um, in, like, southern, central Canada. So we're doing Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal. Um, because of the pandemic, we've had, um, like, getting across the border and processing times for visas has been an absolute nightmare. Like, there's been delays up to, you know, 8 to 12 months. Um, during the pandemic, which is um, partially why we haven't been able to come over and also border restrictions and flying restrictions because um, we have a member in the band who unfortunately had um, a really severe side effect to the vaccine. So he's not able to be fully vaccinated. Um, so that alone has caused um, a lot of hindrance for us to come to the u.s 
but 2023 is looking very good because a lot of the stuff is changing and um he's feeling comfortable doing it so um we should we should be there in 2023 nice yeah um sad news i just thought of i uh i met you at a show um probably three years ago or so um cloud springs deli no that That was the i will never forget that show they closed no they didn't they did that place is legendary that's like a rite of passage you can't be in a touring metalcore band if you don't play cloud springs deli it was the most beautiful show i've ever been to I literally ran sound for Left to Suffer. That is, I I can officially say that. Shout out to to Left to Suffer, but what's up, Taylor? Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I met I him at that show too, and uh, man, he is a busy guy. We've been trying to schedule another episode for a while, and. Just uh, he's always doing something, man. He's always doing something. He's probably he's going at it. He's one of the best like screamers that I've ever seen, and I, you know, I've played with a lot of bands like on tour. I've I've played a lot of shows, and that show is so memorable. Um, partially because it's freaking Cloud Springs Deli, but also that was the first time I had ever met uh the dudes. From left to suffer and that show i was like oh my god these guys are gonna be fucking huge and they're they're killing it they're absolutely killing it i'm so happy for them um such a memorable show but that's really sad you and taylor on a track together yes i i would i would love that i want to make that happen but um that was I told Taylor about this, um, but that was one of the funniest moments in my life, too, was him playing uh, there because one of the openers was, uh, at the time, they were just a two-piece instrumental band called Tempest, uh, friends of mine since I was a kid. And uh, that's why I went there was they were opening for y'all. And... um, his parents, who are very reserved, conservative Christians, oh, no. uh, were there. And Taylor gets up there. All right, I want to see everybody tear this goddamn place apart. Fuck some shit up. And their eyes, oh, God. when he started going in on that, <laughs> I just started howling, That's laughing. So funny. Especially with his low, like his low screams, they probably like said a little prayer. Where are we? What are we doing here? <laughs> that's that's how you knew that those parents really loved their kids to go out there and sit through left to suffer just to support their sons. I love that. I love that for them, though. Like they got to experience that. So. Um, how's, uh, the reactions been to the new red handed album? It's been solid. Like the, the reception to red handed always continues to surprise me because like, you know, we're just, we're just some random people from, from Toronto, Canada. And, you know, with, with this band that I've been in since I've, I was 17, like, I've never really had expectations of like, you know, anything crazy. I've always just enjoyed the moment and and truly just wanted to make music that I wanted to make. And any any person in the world who's like, yeah, that's sick, I'm like, you're cool. You're cool as fuck. Because like I Red Handed's a band that like I don't make, I don't write for it to like cater to anyone like i don't care it's it's solely for us and solely for for me like the things that i write so i'm always i'm i just i'm continuously surprised when you know 
random people be like, yo, I like your band. Because usually, like, people find me through, like, covers or whatever. But when people find me through red-handed, I'm like, you're cool as fuck. Like, you're the coolest person ever. So I'm I'm so proud of the new album and and it it really came from a from a dark place and a dark period of time and I'm just I'm just here to enjoy the ride with that band cuz like they're my homies like they're my best friends and we're going to do it as long as we want and as long as we can so it's been awesome I I I can't ask for anything more it's just been awesome that is awesome and I'm really surprised that um I mean don't get me wrong I'm glad you've kind of popped off with the covers and stuff lately but I'm surprised that your covers have popped off more than red-handed denial has because red-handed denial is just so good thank you I appreciate that and I, I think with covers like you know when you when you do a, a metal cover of like a song that everyone and their mother knows of course you're gonna get like much more reception and shares and people talking about it it's so it's so hard to sell people a progressive um metal band from toronto ontario with a female vocalist um it's all it's a tough sell because like our music isn't exactly the most palatable it's not as palatable as britney spears uh i will say so in a way i'm not surprised because you know we are niche as fuck like we're niche as fuck like you take a song like um i don't know marked with a curse for example or or saint and you're not going to sell that to your to your dad who likes metallica you know they're yeah. not going to like that so even to a lot of metal fans it's a tough sell because it's so niche and um i think i think the coolest part about the band is i like being I, I almost enjoy being the severely underrated band because anyone who likes the band, again, is cool as fuck. Like, you belong to a very small club and I, I like you a lot. <laughs> so I I I just enjoy the ride and, and I, I get it. But everyone who likes the band, you're my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, so we were talking about like, uh, different friends that you've made throughout your music and you were talking just now about like, uh, well, first I want to say before I get to that, I'm surprised I didn't hear about you through the metal covers first because I eat that shit up, man. Uh, whenever, like if I get down and I need a good laugh, I'll just start playing some pop goes punk or whatever Hell yeah like to this day like when i was in high school somebody came out with a uh uh who was it it was i've never heard of them again other than this cover but it was surrender the dance floor and they did a lady gaga um cover and i laugh my ass off constantly yes it was uh, beautiful, and like I just I love things that don't sound like they should sound. Right I love together. that. That is like half my career. <laughs> like, and I think the most important part is not to take yourself seriously because, like, I'm not gonna make a cover of "Toxic" by Britney Spears for you to take it seriously. I'm gonna do it because I want it to be stupid. Like the, I just, I use that song as an example because it, it literally has the most absurd like death core breakdown in the middle, but well, I think you had just done it recently uh, when we uh, last talked because that was the song that I used to promote it. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. So it probably did come out around that time, but that's my favorite part about doing 
um, covers in general is that you can be stupid about it and people mm-hmm. will laugh. It will make people's day and people will come back and be like, yo, look at this. This is so funny. This is sick. Like, I think that's the that's that's why I like doing covers so much, because you can not only breathe fresh air into a song, but also you can just lighten up someone's day. Yeah. And like, for example, and I'm sure we were going to talk about this at some point because it's close to Halloween. And um, mm-hmm. for literally six to seven years, every year, people are like, make a metal version of, of This Is Halloween. And I'm like, no, like, I hate that song. I am not a Nightmare Before Christmas fan. I And I'm very public about that. My friends make fun of me. They're like, how can you think that? I'm like, I hate it. It's terrible. So... Chris in uh, in my band, he had a version of it like instrumental, and it it kind of slapped like it 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 was very much a red handed denial esque version of it. So I was like, oh god, fine, fine, but only because I like Chris's arrangement. So I'm literally working on on the video like today, and um. I'm having a blast, even though I hate this song. It is the most fun I've had in a while because I am not taking, there's not an ounce of seriousness in this project at all. So it's bringing me a lot of joy to bring the amount of absurdity that I'm bringing to this cover. Um, So that's that's why i do what i do because it's fun for me (laughs) i love hearing that too because like there's something like i don't know like you hear chris's guitar and you know it's chris exactly like he's just got this unique sound that uh and way of playing that you just know like oh that's chris right there exactly and you know we we covered telephone by lady gaga with the band um and it's red-handed denial's highest streamed song which you know i expected that but it's it's spotify shoved it down my throat like every (laughs) oh really oh my god but you can just tell that chris produced it and i love that about the band and i love that about chris because he's such a formative member of the band like we red-handed denial wouldn't be the band if it wasn't for chris um because of just his way of interpreting um guitar it's so unique i've never heard that in my life and i'm just i'm just such a chris fan that i'm like literally he made me do a cover of this is halloween because i'm such a fan of chris so it's his fault i'm blaming him put all the blame on chris man putting the blame on chris but um I don't know. I just love the, I love the silly, goofy stuff, the sounds that don't mix. That's why I'm such like all my friends hate me for being a huge dance, Gavin dance fan, but Tillian's like making you want to cry your heart out. And John mess is singing about riding a rhino Pico de Gallo. Like what the fuck? That is such, (laughs) I get that. You sing about broccoli singing about, you know, God knows what. That's actually my favorite part about Dance Gavin Dance too, just how how just it doesn't make sense, but it works. Yeah, and people like when I try to describe it, they're like, so kind of like system of a down. I'm like, no, much worse. Um m- much worse. But I, I get that reference. I actually get it. However, no, it's much worse. I get that. It's on another level, man. Another level of just what the fuck is happening. So speaking about being on another level and bands that are on another level so is uh here's the big question the, i know crazy 88 on pause or something well we're not um but it's worth noting that the band was always an online band so um me myself patty and jared are all from different countries and you know, Patty's in as it is. Jared is now running his uh, media company, Paquetto. 
and I'm doing a million things. So um, it's it's in the works, but it's not any of ours like first priority. Um, so we'll do it when we're ready. I, like we are ready. It's just we have to actually do it, <laughs> and we I will. Need to, I need to get all we three will. of you on here when you come back. Yeah, absolutely. Mainly because secret time. Yeah, secret time. Don't tell anybody, Lauren. I won't. Patty Walters was my first man crush. Who's who hasn't had a man crush on Patty though? And then uh, second man crush was a, immediately after Benjamin Langford Biss. <laughs> uh, like just as soon as they walked on stage, I'm like, hey, that's a good looking guy. Hey, that's, that's a, a better looking, looking guy. But yeah, that makes sense. I mean, who hasn't had a crush on Patty at some point? He is a he is a very handsome handsome man. He's also such a sweetheart. Um, I miss him dearly. I haven't seen him in a very long time. But um, yeah, we got to get all of us on the show. Yeah, that would be that would be great. I would love that because Crazy Eighty Eight is so good. Like all of you guys and your individual things are so good, but when you come together, like it's awesome. Thank you. It's such a cool super group, honestly. Like you get Jared's knowledge of 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 like warp tour, the warp tour era, and then you bring in like, you know, my post hardcore dreams and <laughs> and then you get crazy eighty eight. And it was such a unexpected project to pop off because we were just doing well, again, we were just doing it for fun, literally just doing it for fun because Jared has a million parody bands. And he was like, I want to do a band that's not a parody for once. And I was like, OK, let's do it. So we, again, didn't have any expectations and people just absolutely loved what we put together with Burning Alive. Um, and the first version of Shinebox. And um, I know Jared has like a couple demos because I know that we're going to do a couple singles pretty soon. But um, yeah, we're not dead. We're just we're just waiting. We're waiting for the moment. Awesome. And uh, earlier I had meant to say this. I wanted to know, um, like, how in the world did you... Uh, Let's see here. How do I word this? How did you cross paths with Bill Murray? Oh, wow. Because um, like, I've noticed you guys have done a lot of stuff together. And a lot of people that I listen to have done a lot of stuff with him. But he doesn't sound like any of the bands that he does stuff with. Yeah. So Johnny is one of my favorite people. And how did this connection happen? So... It it was through Jared. So Jared knew Johnny. Um, and we actually tracked all of Burning Alive at Johnny's studio um, with Johnny. So that's kind of my first acquaintance with him was in July of 2018, 2017, 2018, something like that. The year of the year that Croatia went to the finals and played France in like World Cup or Euro Cup. I know that. Um, but we tracked all Burning Alive with Johnny. Um, and that was sort of my first um, acquaintance with him. And he's just such a good producer. Um, he's incredible. And he he mixed um, the first Crazy 88 EP and both um covers eps as well so J it was through jared and through that like johnny produces like the odd song for the odd cover song for me um and we've done a like a few covers together like um bad romance lady gaga and um young blood five seconds of summer um but yeah he's he's 
he's just been a really good to work with and a really awesome person. So we've kept in touch. Um, and through him, I was able to sort of get acquainted with um, Lee Albrecht, who I work with a lot, and um, also Will Carlson. So, yeah, it's it's just funny how the world works. Like, you get to, like, through one person, you meet another person, and then you kind of branch out that way. Like, you don't like, realize how small the world is till you start yeah. getting out there and meeting people. I probably never have – I never would have worked with Jonathan Young if I never met Johnny Frank and then uh, through Johnny, I met Lee and through Lee, I worked with Jonathan. So it was, it was like this huge web. It's awesome. It's like the, uh, degrees of Kevin Bacon. (laughs) Exactly. You know, everybody to six degrees and it's so, so true. But, um, I've actually, talked a lot about the music and stuff uh i almost forgot that my co-host would kill me if i didn't go through our three staples music magic mental health and then we'll wrap this up music we've already talked about that so we're good magic uh really refers to magic the gathering because okay, i figured huge nerd but um any nerdum at all like what what do you nerd out about other than music like a weird game or D or even if you're just like man i love building decks like porches like i'm stain nails carpentry <laughs> no um so as of the past like year and a half um I was unfortunately introduced to League of Legends. Unfortunately. So, uh, like, the past year and a half, it's been primarily League of Legends. Um, And any, like, branch of it. Like, the show, Arcane, absolutely loved it. Um, And, you know, we we now have, like, a Discord server um, called Clasher Pass. and, And, you know we get these little teams together every other weekend and we play the clash tournament in a league. And I don't know, we've just built this like really cute nerd community on discord. And um, now we play like we've resurrected among us for whatever reason, but now we're playing that a lot again. I've started playing Stardew Valley again, like religiously. I think I have like almost 500 hours in that game. Um, yeah it's wild um i love pokemon obviously um as you can see that was my next question is i haven't seen you post post anything about your son lately snorlax yeah he's been sleeping a lot um so there hasn't really been a lot of content because he's just always sleeping but um yeah i have a lot of pokemon everything i'm i'm mostly a collector in terms of like memorabilia and the cards um, I wish I knew how to actually play the card game, but no, I mostly don't. I mostly go for master sets. Like I'm a master set collector. I'll choose a set and I'm like, okay, I'm committing um all my money to uh getting every card of one set. But um yeah, I I love collecting Pokemon cards. I would say that's been the longest the longest and most money spent um on one thing. For sure. But you're not really missing anything knowing how to play the game. Well, unless you really do spend a lot of money on the cards. Because, uh, like, I hate playing the card game. Like, I like the cards, but I hate the game because... I heard that. It um, In Magic, like, I play with a deck that I've had for years uh, with my buddies. But with... um. Pokemon, you pretty much can only play standard is what it's right. called. And that's within the last year of cards. Yeah, you have days. to get new cards. You can't just play a, play a set that you like. And the power ramp is so crazy. I had a Garchomp deck three years ago that was unstoppable. I won 100% of the time with it. Uh, last year, I pulled that to play with a buddy of mine that had kept going. Lost every round. 
didn't even stand a chance. Yeah. I think that's where magic just is better. It and it always has been. And that is a realm that I I know is very fun and and very rewarding. But I already have a money pit, so I can't uh introduce myself to another money pit because I'm a person who will go all in. Um and I know a lot of people who play magic. I know um they love it and I'm like I can't I just can't because just do me one favor. Next time you go to uh a store that happens to sell cards, Walmart or whatever, if they have a set of Unfinity, just get one one pack. Okay. They're ridiculous cards. They just came out and it's a it's like a spoof on itself. Okay. Like I just I bought it for the stickers. It came with stickers that you can put on other people's cards in that set. <laughs> you were here for the stickers, which is I feel that. Sometimes sometimes I buy like Pokemon stuff just for like the the other things in it. Like and, the uh, little figurines or the pins. Yeah. Or the coins and pins. But, you know, I usually also talk about mental health and stuff, but I don't want to be a downer. We've had a really good, uh, really up. That's okay. I mean, if we want to talk about mental health, everyone can just go listen to the new Red Handed Denial album. Basically. Because that's all about mental health. So... Like, uh, my first favorite song by Red Handed Denial was Trespasser because of that. Yeah, and that's a really, that is a really dark song. There, There's many layers to that one. But, yeah, I write about mental health a lot. And it's, it's, it's often not on the nose, but there's, like, many layers to the lyrics. So, um, we can leave a footnote for anyone listening um to go listen to I'd rather be asleep and make your own conclusions about it and hopefully you can connect to it if you're if you're struggling with anything. Mhm. So, uh last thing uh on the to-do list or checklist is websites. Where do we go to find all things Lauren Babic? Um well, there's a lot of them, but I recently made a link tree and you could find my link tree on my Instagram and you could just go to um, at Lauren Babic on Instagram and click the link in my bio and you'll be referred to my Spotify. You'll be you can find a link to my band, Red Handed Denial, um, my YouTube page, everything you can find just by typing my name, Lauren Babic. Gotcha. Yeah, I I realized that that's another thing I had mentioned that since uh, the last time we talked, you know, you had just gotten verified on Instagram and stuff. True. And uh, now this time I went to uh, make sure or I went to uh, like pull a picture for one of the songs that I played. And uh, you're right there. Google correct or auto filled the rest of your name. Thankfully, I'm I'm more findable than than last time. So, um, it's scary how findable I am. I don't I don't like it. Yeah, I'm the only person in the world that goes by Sturvin. So, <laughs> I've I've given up on the whole like, don't you know, don't post personal things online because it's like, if they want to find you, they're gonna find you. It it's over. It's over for us. So I just hate that uh, <laughs> people can find the early episodes of this show. It's okay. People can find early covers of mine when I was like seventeen and not able to sing yet. So I feel. That. Did I did I tell you the first microphone I started out with? Which microphone? we had a Guitar Hero mic. Oh wow, that's that's cool. It was awful, but it's what we had. We had a uh laptop that i had in college and a guitar hero microphone and that's that's where the dream started is that i assume it was usb yeah okay that's but like that's a story like that's a good story so well thank you i i do i keep it in a 
You know those like glass dome cases like that Beast has his rose in and Beauty and the Beast? Yeah, it's like the first. I have like that microphone in my living room in one of those glass cases. It is a fossil of a of a previous time. Forgotten days. Yeah. I, I recently really wanted to get Guitar Hero again, just as a side do note. Too. Like, it's so good. It needs to make a comeback. I know there's emulators and stuff, but it needs to make an official comeback. I agree. Well, I got to get going and back to the real job. But uh, any last words you'd like to say? Just thank you for having me on the show. Um, it's always a pleasure. And um, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate your time. Thank you. And uh, if you don't mind sticking around after the videos, I got a, one more thing to say. But after that, we're all good. And this has been the Confound Millennial starring Stephen Sturvin Michaels and featuring Lauren Babick of all sorts of things.